The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, it's Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with employment lawyer Andrew Goldberg, senior associate at uh, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. That's where they all are, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. You can check that out. But we always start off with the uh, the week that was. Andrew, good to talk to you again, brother. What, uh, what do you got for us off the hop? Well, what's going on these days, I'm finding, is I'm dealing a lot with individuals who are being called back from work from layoffs. You know, as we've talked about countless times over this program, there's been many, many temporary layoffs that have been imposed by employers over the last almost year and a half now, right? And uh, as the numbers drop here in the province, uh, more and more people are being called back to work. And what we're seeing happen all the time and what I'm seeing happen personally is that an individual is being called back to work, but they're being told, hey, I'd like you to sign this contract in order for you to come back, right? And that's something that is very problematic for people, and I wanted them to know that, number one, if you're on a layoff and you're called back to work and you're given a contract to sign, do not sign the contract, at least without getting an employment lawyer to look it over, you have no obligation whatsoever to sign anything to get your job back that you had previously. And there could be very detrimental terms in that contract that uh, definitely could impact you negatively. So, you know, the one instance I saw this uh, this past week, for example, was a lady who worked at her company for years, you know, a very, very long service person. She was asked to come back to work and she's given a contract that was Pretty much, hey, we're going to make you a independent contractor now for a period of a year, and you're now only getting commissions, and we'll give you a draw against your commission. And she said, Andrew, do I have to sign this? And I said, absolutely not. And, you know, don't let an employer make you think like they're doing you some kind of favor by calling you back to your own job, right? So (laughs) people have been off so long, they forget that that was their job, They. They don't have to earn it back. So it's just something that's very problematic. So I wanted to kind of share that with the listeners out there. Yeah, quite often people think, hey, a new contract. All right, new beginning. COVID's on the way out. This sounds great. But no, as, as you've said countless times on this show, that when the new contract is slid across the desk, it's for the benefit of the employer, not for you. So, yeah. Eyes open for sure going into that one. And don't sign it. Give Andrew a call at the uh, firm, one 821 5900 By the way, have him look it over first before you put pen to paper. Chances are there's going to be some nasty little bits in there that you don't want to uh, don't want to commit to for sure. First call, Lydia. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thanks Excellent. for letting me be on your you show. You bet. What's on your mind? Um, well, I work for an employer, and they're putting me down to three days a week. It's a small company, though, so I don't know if... Like from what I've read, if you work for a very small company, you're only entitled to termination pay and not severance. Is that correct? That's a great question. Yeah, common. That, that, that is a very good question. So the first question I guess I have back to you is, did you used to work five days a week? Yes. Okay. So number one, you'd have no obligation to switch over to the three days a week. And I guess you're kind of attuned to that. That's why you're asking about the severance, right? I guess you're trying to weigh what makes sense for you. So is that correct or? Yes. Okay. So what you're talking about in terms of uh, severance 
That's your entitlement under the Employment Standards Act. That's your minimum entitlement. So while you may not be entitled to that statutory severance, we call it, under the Employment Standards Act, it doesn't change the fact that your common law entitlement, your full severance, uh, it doesn't matter what the size of your company is. Your severance is going to be based on your age, your length of service, your position, and how hard it'll be to get a new job. The only way that they could limit you to that termination pay and that statutory severance pay that you're talking about is if you signed a contract with an enforceable termination clause that could limit you to that. The odds of that are very, very, very small. Most, Even if you sign something, they're overwhelmingly unenforceable over 90% of the time, well over. So it, it doesn't matter that you work for a small company. You still very, very likely are owed the exact same severance everyone else's. Um, which you can go on our pocket employment lawyer and, and fill it out and you can get a sense of what that might be. And I've heard um, people say that during COVID, even if it's COVID, um, your employer doesn't have the right to shorten your hours or like put you down to three days. But um, when I went online and I checked the employee standards um, branch, I think mm-hmm. it said that until September 25th, your employer does have the right to do that. Yeah, so what you're, the, the, everything you refer to on this call comes from legislation, okay? But mm-hmm. what the courts have informed us, what our common law system has informed us, is even though those things exist in legislation, like, you know, the layoff provisions and the ability to cut hours, unless the employer has a contractual right to do so, Unless you have a contract that says we can cut your hours in accordance with the Employment Standards Act, they still can't do it, okay? You can't just read into those legislations and think, okay, that means they can do it no matter what. They still need to put in a contract between them and you that they can cut the hours uh, in accordance with those uh, provisions of the legislation. So you don't have to worry about that and take that as gospel. Uh, The courts have told us otherwise. So I wouldn't... Uh, if, if you want to talk about your, your matter further, I definitely would give us a call. The, the point I'll leave you off on with is if you were going to accept the three days per week, I would make it very clear in writing somewhere that is only for a, you know X period of time or Y period of time. You don't want the employer to think that you're going to accept that forever. But what I would do if you're curious about your rights any further because we're running out of time for the call is give us a call uh, or office a call and set up a consultation with one of our lawyers and we can walk you through the option. Well, thank you very much. I will do that. Thanks, Lydia. Appreciate your time. And uh, here's that number again. I mentioned before, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, Lydia, she's checking all kinds of boxes there, worried about the small employer. They don't have to worry about the same type of severance. Does she get severed? She's a short-term employee, and so on and so forth. It's it's amazing, and that's exactly why we do this show, to clear up all those points that she made. So uh, thank you, Lydia, for bringing those uh, those to light for sure. We'll get in another call here before a short break. Paul, you're up next, pal. How are you? Uh, doing well, thank you. I own a small uh, manufacturing company. We have had a, a long-tenured employee uh, provide uh, a notice of medical leave, uh, unspecified uh, what the condition is, which is fine. Uh, they're, they're asking for 16 weeks off. We have uh, we hired an investigator. We, we determined that they are working at another company. Regular hours, we've confirmed that they're working there. We've got video of them coming in and checking out you know, with their hard hat and boots, we are planning on terminating them for cause. Are we on good terms here? 
Well, that's a very good question, Paul. I've actually seen that before. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's just one, there's probably one main overarching thing to be careful of. I assume okay. that you just have a very vague note that says, for medical reasons, this individual's off for 16 weeks. Completely right? unspecified. Okay. Unspecified, yes. There could be the same job at our firm than somewhere else. Like he's doing, he has the same position? Correct. Okay. There could be some reason that, uh, theoretically, that that individual can't work for your company for medical reasons. It might be maybe there's some stress-related reason. I don't know. Like, it's just speculation, obviously. But Mm -hmm. there could be some reason that medically the employee's uh, not able to work at your location according to their physician or whatever it is, psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor, um, okay. can maybe work somewhere else. I'm not telling you that that's the case, but it is possible, right? So okay. you very well might have cause to terminate this person's employment, but what I think would likely help your situation is to suss it out a bit further, like to get an understanding. Um, there's certain questions that you could ask uh, an employee's physician with respect to their um their inability well, to work, right? So you have to be very careful what we, what about we that. Have, what we have done is I've communicated with the employee. I've made it very clear if there's anything that I can do as an individual or as a company to accommodate them, I'm happy to do it. Their response has been, I'm just at home trying to get well with the family. Okay. I, I Well, that's helpful as well. But I still think what would be helpful is if you wrote, you know, to the employee and ask to get some questions answered from their treating physician that have to do with, you know, asking questions about their, you know, their, their overall disability. Like you can't ask them about what their disability is, what the nature of it is, what the diagnosis is, what, the, what medication or treatment they're taking. You can't ask that. But there are some specified questions you could ask to get information to say, look, like, can this person work in any capacity at all? like period, across the board, you know, in any job, at any location. And there are some questions that you could ask where you could have a physician confirm, you know, no, they cannot work anywhere or whatever, and that would help your case a bit too. So there is some, some the, way. The medical note, them. basically, the medical note said they were not able to work in any capacity whatsoever. They basically okay. struck modified duties off the table, and that was from the physician. They're not able to work in any capacity for the next 16 weeks. Okay. So uh, you very well might have, like I said, you might have a very good standing to fire this person for cause. But again, mm-hmm. you don't want that to be construed as, oh, we meant that that's at your employment for your company. They can't work in any capacity. You know, it needs to be, you want it to be as clear as possible that it's employment anywhere in any capacity, right? So okay. um, there are ways that you can kind of just, you can kind of, you know, suss it out a bit further to kind of strengthen your case and help because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where they kind of skew the information to fit, you know, what what's going on and say, oh, well, this is why I couldn't work for you and this is why I could work there. You want to kind of box it in a little further and, you know, cross all your T's and dot all your I's to make sure you're not giving any avenue for any kind of you know, justification, right? Like you don't want to leave any stone unturned because that could be problematic. So it's very risky because if you happen to do something incorrect, not only could you owe severance, you could owe human rights stamps, 
right? And mm-hmm. you want to just set it up the best way possible because, oh, you know, the overwhelming likelihood based on what you're telling me is that you'd be fine to fire them for cause, but you just want to set yourself up as best as possible to, to you know, reduce the risk as much as possible. So if you want to uh, contact us about kind of how to do that strategically, how to just reduce your exposure as much as possible, we mm-hmm. can help you with that certainly. Um, but it's a very good question, and I have seen that before. Uh, actually, quite recently, I've seen that exact same issue come up. So uh, it, I appreciate the call. Paul, appreciate your time. Going to let you go. we got to get into a quick break. Tony, I see you there. Stand by. We will get to your call uh, really quickly. John Scholes here along with Andrew Goldberg. Sam Freebrew to Mark and LP. You can contact them anytime. Employmentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900. We'll continue. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All righty, welcome back. Employment Law Show. Yeah, to contact Andrew Goldberg anytime and his team confidentially, you can email help at employmentlawyer.ca, as we always mention, and the phone number we give out all show as well, one 855 821-5900. You can also go to employmentlawyer.ca, get advice you need, uh, compensation you deserve. This firm, Sanfiru Tamarkin and LLP, has helped thousands of people across Canada. You can also find episodes of our TV show uh, there as well. Tony, uh, thanks so much for standing by for a few minutes. Tony, how are you? Hi there. Uh, first off, just want to thank the firm. I've referred uh, the uh, firm to several of my friends and family members and the uh, the company has done well, a bunch of the, the lawyers. So uh, I just want to reach out to, to you guys on another friend that's having an issue. Uh, he's a engineer. He's worked for the same company uh, for 23 years. Uh, been in the industry for 25, a telecom engineer. The company uh, did a, a sort of renaming of a, of a uh, title. So for instance, uh, engineers that were noted as senior engineers, they arbitrarily took their title as a senior engineer and put it to a engineer, not performance-based. It was uh, it, it was just a company-wide decision that they made. So that's the first uh, question I have, if that's uh, permissible. And the second uh, question I have is uh, this uh, friend of mine, an engineer in the telecom industry, again, they are having him work on a new project, but the new project is a new role. And uh, he asked how many, how percentage-wise, how how much of the new role will be of different responsibilities. And they stated, um, they being the management, stated approximately 40 to 50% of this new role uh, uh, will be, you know, new responsibilities, uh, et cetera. So my question is, are both of those uh, comments uh, 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 constitutes uh, constructive dismissal if my friend uh, wants to t- take that uh, uh, course of action. Well, firstly, uh, thanks, Tony, for uh, listening to the show for as long as you have. That's much appreciated by the firm. Um, second, with respect to your friend, you know, the the for the listeners, I mean, a, a constructive dismissal is a situation where uh, an employer changes the terms of an employment of an individual um, 
such that the employee can treat their employment as being terminated. They don't have to accept the changes. Uh, but the key is how significant are those changes. Now, the change in title from senior engineer to engineer, while obviously not ideal, um, and while clearly you know, that would give out the impression that it is a demotion in the lesser position going from senior to just engineer, that in and of itself, it might be challenging to get a constructive dismissal claim through um, based on just the change in title without anything along with it. If the pay doesn't change, if the duties don't change, if the hours don't change, then it would be a challenging case to take on. However, as you mentioned, it seems that the change in title is also being coupled with a complete change of duties, at least half the duties, I think you said 50%, he's now doing an entirely new role. Um, Correct. So maybe based on those two changes together, working together, that could be enough to uh, establish a constructive dismissal claim. Now, there would be some other factors, such as, you know, did he ever sign a contract that gives the employer some right to make changes to the duties? Uh, if so, is that contract even enforceable? And, um, you know, I need more detail as to what those changes entail and whether they've made similar changes in the past. But so your friend would have to call us, arrange for a consultation, as your other friends have done in the past, um, successfully, it sounds. And uh, we'd have to listen to the details and get more of a sense of what's going on. But from a surface level, uh, the change in title, the reduction in title, which, you know, clearly looks like a demotion with the change in duties, uh, I think there is definitely a strong chance that that could be a constructive dismissal claim. We just would need more information. All right. I thank you for your time. And again, I, I thank your firm. You guys have helped out a uh, couple of my friends and actually are helping out a family member right now. Uh, we're dealing with one of your colleagues, uh, Mr. Pincus. So uh, again, thanks. Uh, you guys have, have done a good job and have been fair with uh, with the friends that I've, you know, referred and, and currently one of my, uh, one of my uh, family members. So all the best and I'll pass on the message. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Really appreciate the uh, kind words as well. Yeah. John Pinkus, also a host of this show does a, uh, does a great job as well. You want to reach out like Tony and refer to a family member anytime for a chat, talk to Andrew, talk to a member of his team, one 821 5,900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on here. Uh, Will, thanks for hanging on for a few minutes. How are you guys doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Oh, I'm uh, having some issues with my employer. Um, uh, I understand it's COVID times and things are tough everywhere, but um, I was promised that I'd be, uh, get a call back uh, to work in February. That got bumped out um, about a month or so ago. I got a call from the employer saying that they were having some problems with the vehicle I operate. Uh, then I got a call back a couple of weeks later saying that they were delayed. They were still trying to fix some issues with the vehicle. I've spoken to coworkers and found out that other coworkers have been operating the vehicle. Um, and I finally reached out to the employer myself uh, two weeks ago. The supervisor was on holiday, so I left a message with my direct supervisor. Uh, he never returned my call. Uh, this week, actually on Friday, I called again, knowing that the, the supervisor was back to work, left another message asking again, when am I getting back to work? I need to get back to work. It's a seasonal job. 
um, what's going on, and nobody's returned a call to me. Um, now, do I consider this a constructive dismissal, or or or? And do I or am I entitled to a severance package here? I don't know what how this all works. Well, all very good questions. Uh, when you say that the work is seasonal, what what months of the year do you typically work? We usually work from February, March until December. Uh, we take a, usually a two to three month layoff during the winter months. Uh, we run aggregates, uh, sand and gravel um, for the construction industry. Okay, and when were you, how long have you been off? Uh, when was the first day of your layoff? How long have you been off? It was just before Christmas. Uh, that's typically when we get laid off. And now we're into the middle of July. Um, and you worked last, last season? I did, yes. Okay. Um, and, uh, well, have you ever signed an employment agreement, a contract, or anything like that? No. Okay. So then the, the, the overwhelming likelihood is no, your employer cannot uh, – do what they're doing right now, which is not recall you back to work, right? It'd be one right. thing if they laid you off seasonally as if, as they always do, right? If you were, right. They, they can do that because you've agreed to that. That's the, that's the term that's right. you understand, right? That you understand that that's yeah. part of your job, but come February, you have a reasonable expectation to return because that's what you've been doing for years. And by not Correct. returning you in the normal course, uh, certainly, you ha this could give rise to a constructive dismissal claim, especially because um, if you have evidence that the truck is working and um, and uh, that's their excuse for not calling you back. Yeah, now, do you have that in writing, or is that just conversations over the phone? That's all conversations over the phone. Um, I was going to further my my phone call with a. Uh, with a text or an email, uh, but I didn't want to do that till I spoke to someone with more knowledge in the field. Okay, so I, I certainly would, uh, again, like I'd, for most of the listeners out here, if I, if I think that based on your call-ins that you might have a, a situation, I, I'd always recommend calling into the firm just to flush it out in detail because there's no way we can go through all the information over a call like sure. this. Sure. Um, but I will say, in an ideal world, you know, you do want to have from them in writing, text or email, that the truck is the reason that you're not back to work, right? Like you can send a text, that, oh, hey, uh, you know, you, you said last month that I couldn't come back because the truck hasn't been working. Like, you know when the truck's going to be fixed. And hopefully they respond, oh, the truck's not fixed yet, blah, 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 blah. Because the reason for that is if they're saying that the truck is the issue, it'll be hard for them to later turn around and say, oh, no, it's because of the pandemic, right? Everyone likes to tie it back to the pandemic. This is the reason, that's the reason. But if they have an right. the truck, that makes your situation much, much easier. So you kind of want to egg them into it to get it in writing, egg them on to get that in writing. I, that would be a, So you just have that because it, then it's a he said, she said if it's over the phone. But like, right. like, look, before you do that, you're welcome to give us a call and we can kind of walk you through uh, – maybe some steps and some things you could do to help uh, kind of solidify our situation a bit, certainly. Okay, fabulous. Um, and just call and speak to any of the lawyers in the firm. Yeah, that, that any of them would be great. Uh, it's, it's a great group. So really anyone you talk to would be perfect. 
Will, appreciate the call. Going to give you the contact again. You can phone and talk to Andrew directly as well. one 821 5900 We've got a couple minutes, but I'm going to try to get uh, at least part of uh, Peter's concern in here. Might have to come back from a break. But, uh, Peter, shoot, what do you got? Uh, long-time listener, first-time calling. Um, Excellent. It's about, uh, it's about my wife. Uh, she's a yoga instructor, and they call her to go back uh, next week. Um, uh, she's, um, um, she was a temporary layoff. Uh, the, um, what they ask her, you know, she has to go back next week to sign, uh, sign some documents. It's about, they ask her, you know, she's been uh, with a company, with a fitness club for, uh, I think, 10 or 11 years. They ask her, you know, that she has to be fired. They're going to fire her and then rehire her again. That's with everybody. Uh, is that uh, permissible? Because I feel, you know, that she might lose the seniority. She might, they might cut down, you know, her uh, hourly uh, pay. That's my question. Are they are they going to fire her and rehire her? They, they said her that uh, on the email, they uh, when they uh, she received it a couple of days ago, that uh, they will do that with every employee. Um, they're going to fire everybody and then rehire them again. Okay. And, and she has to go back on uh, Tuesday, you know, to sign some documents. So I said, you know, I'm going to call and, you know, see, you know, what you can do about it. Well, the, the the main point I'll make, and it's a point I kind of led off the show with, uh, this was uh, a topic I started off with because it's something I'm seeing all the time, is your wife has zero obligation to sign anything to get to go back to work. Correct. Okay. Now, it's hard to yeah. speak to the document without seeing it, and she hasn't obviously seen it yet. They're saying that they're going to bring some document or whatever. But she has absolutely zero obligation to sign a contract or an employment agreement to get her job back or give up rights in an agreement. So if what what might make sense, if you you want to have that reviewed, I mean, she doesn't even know what she's being given yet because she hasn't been given it. But if she gets the document and you guys want to, you know, have it looked over... Uh, then we can do that for you. But but at minimum, I can tell you that if it's anything like an employment agreement and you're giving up any rights uh, in order to get your job back, giving up your seniority to get your job back, giving up some kind of pay, vacation, whatever the case might be, agreeing to the layoffs, agreeing to a lower severance, um, she absolutely does not need to sign that. So uh, be careful about that. Tell her to be very, very careful before signing. And uh, the same would apply to any of her colleagues. Yeah, that's all because she has to go back uh, on Tuesday to, uh, you know, um, and then she has a class on Wednesday. And I just told her, you know, I'm going to call and find out, you know, what's going on, you know. So I told her not to sign anything. Um, you know, she, she's not obligated to do that, as you said. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, um, I can have her, you know, call you guys and see how this is going. I mean, her, her uh, concern is about seniority, uh, pay cut, um, you know, vacation pay and that. Um, but they're going to do that to everybody. And some well, people, you know, this, they don't want to do that, right? They don't refuse to. So It's understandable. So she, the, the overwhelming likelihood is no, she doesn't have to sign anything. You can simply tell mm-hmm. them, hey, I'm happy to come back, keep doing what I'm doing. No problem at all. Um, but I'm not signing this document that you've presented me. There's there's zero obligation to do that. So okay. if she's supposed to come in there on Tuesday, you can try to leave us a, a call today even and set something up for Monday. We'll try our best to accommodate that, and, uh, and uh, we'll see what we can do. 
Thanks, Peter. Do exactly that. one 855 John Scholes along with Andrew and, uh, you know, senior associate at the firm knows what he's talking about. Phone Mr. Goldberg uh, when we're not on the show, and uh, we'll get right back to it and your chance to talk to a member of San Fierro Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm across this country. We'll continue Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Sure is. You want to contact Andrew Goldberg when the show is over. Senior Associates at the firm sent through to Mark and LLP. Here is how you do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900. We'll take a pause in between those. And get to some of our uh, our topic for the day, and that would be everything you need to know about constructive dismissal. But we've had fantastic calls this morning, Andrew, all kinds of uh, topics, but all similar. And, you know, quite a few of them are uh, employers talking about, oh, yeah, no, no, welcome back. It's good. COVID's, uh, COVID's starting to simmer down a bit. Oh, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, changing a few things here and there and signing this paper here and there. So... As you've been saying for the past few weeks, it's going to it's gonna come to fruition, and it has, that employers are, you know, maybe they don't know any better, but they're trying to make some changes and get them signed off. And sometimes long-term employees and people should be, as you made aware in this show, they're, uh, the warning signs are there and they should be cautious moving forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the overarching concern is that some people have been off so long is they, they perceive the return to work as you know, as a gesture almost, right? Like <sighs> as, as something being nice being done for them, they're recalled back to work. Like what a lovely employer, right? So people have to remember, you know, the layoff in most cases was very problematic in the first place. Like you, you're the one that, you know, is the employer solid if you've been agreeing to the layoff. So by you being recalled back to work by no stretch of the imagination, are you, uh, you know, getting some kind of benefit that justifies, you know, taking a pay cut or a cut in hours or different duties and responsibilities or coming back at a different time than you used to work. You know, you're just, you have the right to your job back. If you get called back to work, say no problem, coming back if that's what you want to do and and go back to work and keep doing your job. But you don't have to agree to other terms. You don't have to sign anything. And one important thing is if for whatever reason you are agreeable to some type of change uh, because your understanding of a certain situation going on in the workplace maybe and you're sympathetic to that just make it very clear in writing that that's something you're only going to agree to on a temporary basis for a, a finite period because you don't want the employer to give uh, have an opportunity to say okay now this change is permanent I know you had one more thing you wanted to, I mean we've had a ton of calls this morning which is fantastic but I know you had one more uh you know, week at a glance thing you wanted to talk about quickly, Andrew. What uh, what do you got cooking? Well, you know, just an important point is that throughout the past uh, whatever it is, year and a half now, we've been talking about the fact that uh, COVID, the existence of COVID, and the impact on the job market it has in some industries, especially, uh, is going to justify a, a greater severance package, right? Yep. And there was a decision just out from one of the court in Ontario very much solidifying that principle that in a, a salesperson in Ontario uh, was given an elevated severance package uh, because of the impact of the pandemic on uh, his job. So 
it was a very clear decision. It made it, it flushed it out very, very clearly, which is great. So if you're if you're a listener out there and you're terminated and you think the pandemic has impacted your ability to get a job over the past X number of months, uh, then that could help you your situation in the sense that you could get a higher severance package, a better severance package. So that was uh, great to read this week and um, is going to be very helpful for a lot of our clients. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because a lot of people listening or just people generally out there in the workforce are maybe thinking the exact opposite because of the pandemic, because, you know, businesses have struggled and we get that. And I know you deal with businesses as well. On the other side, the employer's side, uh, they think it's the other way around. Maybe they, they catch a break on severance by, uh, you know, the tune of 50 percent or 25 percent because of the pandemic. But the exact opposite to your point is true because Fewer jobs, fewer people in the workforce. Not everybody's back yet, so the opportunity to find work might take longer, right? Exactly. It's going to be hard to find a job. And and the thing to keep in mind is, you know, in Canada, what and in Ontario especially, but across the country, what's been made very clear is that, you know, the employment laws are mostly favorable to employees, like for the most part, right? Like they're designed to protect employees. We're very, you know as opposed to other countries in the world, like Canada's great at putting like, it's not perfect. And there's obviously things that exist that aren't great for employees out there. I'm not saying everything no. across the board is going to work out, but you know, usually if it's a 50, 50 situation, it's going to lean towards the employee. It's the same thing with employment agreements. If, if the contract, if the term of a contract is a bit ambiguous and you can't really figure out if it's enforceable or not, then it'll lean in the favor of the employee, right? Because they're the vulnerable party uh, and the employer is a more sophisticated party. And, you know, if you're out there and, and you have this thought, okay, like, oh, with the pandemic, it's going to favor the employer um, because they're going to be able to say, I should give this person less severance. That's not what we're seeing at all. I haven't seen a single decision that's uh, said anything even close to that. And like I just mentioned, the opposite has just been has been true, which is uh, a higher severance period has been justified on the basis that it's more difficult to look for work and the courts and the legal system is generally not at all concerned about the financial situation of the employer when discussing severance. I want to get into a bit of our uh, one of two topics today with our remaining minutes in between the phone calls. We'll, we'll tackle one or two of these before we got a break. But uh, basically everything you need to know about constructive dismissal, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are familiar with the term. And some be uh, some might be well versed after listening to the show for so many years. But uh, I mean, off the top, basically, what is a constructive dismissal for those who don't know? Well, a constructive dismissal is essentially a situation where your employer is making changes to the terms of your employment such that if you left your job, it wouldn't be considered a resignation. It would be considered a termination. It would be perceived as a termination, a wrongful dismissal, and you'd be entitled to your severance. Um, You know, in the normal course, if I just quit my job, I get no severance. If my employer says, Andrew, I'm cutting your hours in half, and I say, I'm not agreeing to that, I'm leaving... That's not a resignation. That's a constructive dismissal because essentially your, your employer is boxing you in uh, and changing the terms of your agreement such that you, there's no valid reason for you to accept it. And why constructive dismissal is important now and why this, I think this is a good topic is because, as we just mentioned, many people are going to be going back to work and many employers are going to be trying to change the terms of their employment, cut hours, cut pay, change hours, change location, all kinds of things. And in a lot of these cases, absolutely not. You have no obligation to accept them and can treat them as a constructive dismissal. 
He is Andrew Goldberg, Senior Associate uh, at the firm Sanfiru to Market LLP. More uh, with our employment lawyer, Andrew, and your questions right here. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. John Scholes here every week along this week with our uh, pal Andrew Goldberg, Senior Associates, and Firu Tamarkin, LLP. You want to reach out at any time, 1-855-821-5900. Email Andrew, help at employmentlawyer.ca. There's also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's like having Andrew in your pocket at all times, a ton of employment law know-how and knowledge there, completely uh, free and anonymous, and rolled into that is also the severance pay calculator. So uh, so there you go. In the meantime, last few minutes, pal, talking about constructive dismissal. So how do you know? What are the earmarks to know if you have been constructively dismissed or it's about to happen? Well, <clears throat> some of the, some you know, instances of constructive dismissal are, are a bit more easy to spot, right? Uh, reduction in pay, change in hours. I mean, if you used to make $60,000 a year and your employer's trying to cut you to $40,000 a year, pretty easy to spot, right? If you used to work 40 hours a week and now your employer's trying to get you to work 20 hours a week, also pretty easy to spot. So the more fundamental the changes, typically to pay hours of work, uh, duties, you know, where you're working. If you used to work downtown Toronto and live downtown Toronto and now your employer's trying to get you to work in, in Midland or, you know, um, think that Timmins or wherever, somewhere completely <clears throat> geographically, uh, you know, way further away than you used to work. That though, those are clear instances of constructive dismissal. Sometimes it's a little more gray, right? The change isn't as fundamental. The change is a bit smaller, and uh, you know, you don't know necessarily as an employee is this change significant enough to claim constructive dismissal. The easiest thing to do in that situation is just simply give our firm a call and, and ask, right? Like, it doesn't take long to get a consultation. It doesn't, it's not going to be a, a huge investment of, of any sort of time or money or anything. And you can get the information you need. So if you're worrying about it, uh, you know, you can give us a call and walk us through the issues that you're having and the changes that are trying to be imposed by the employer. And, and we can certainly talk about it. If someone, say, is being harassed at work or the workplace has become, uh, you know, what we call a toxic environment, could that lead to a constructive dismissal? Yeah, so that's a great question. And and absolutely, uh, a toxic workplace can amount to a constructive dismissal. Uh, You as an employee have the right to a safe workplace. You as an employee have the right to a workplace free of harassment. And if you're experiencing uh, harassment and, uh, you know, poisoned work environment, as a result of mistreatment from your superiors or your colleagues, then certainly that could give rise to a constructive dismissal. The only important things to know are, the main important things to know, rather, are, you know, you have to, a huge oversight by individuals is they never report the harassment or the mistreatment they're experiencing. And that sometimes is fatal to an individual's situation because an employer, you know, does have the right to say, you know, we didn't know about this. Like, how are we supposed to act on this when we had no idea? Now, if an employee doesn't say anything and the employer still reasonably ought to know what's going on, that's one thing. But sometimes there's harassment that occurs from, you know, coworkers, uh, and uh, it happens kind of under the radar. 
and you need to make sure that these things are reported. But if so, and the employer still doesn't do anything about it, then absolutely a toxic work environment could you know, give rise to a situation where you as the employee say, I'm not dealing with this crap at all. I'm not subjecting myself to this mistreatment. I'm out of here. And you could pursue your severance. Again, you want to reach out to Andrew anytime, 1-855-821-5900. We're going to get to uh, an email just to wrap the show today. That would be Kevin says, uh, hey, Andrew, I'm being called back to work from a layoff, and my boss wants me to do another job. Do I have to accept this? Well, it's perfectly on theme, right? So, I mean, we're just going to be seeing this day in and day out, I think, for the next, who knows, months. And, uh uh, the situation where you're recalled back to work and said, okay, Kevin or Calvin, we want you back to work, but you know, we need you to do A, B, and C where you used to not do those tasks before and your job is going to be changing pretty much entirely. And the answer to that question overwhelmingly is the answer is likely going to be no. You don't have to accept a change to a completely other job when being recalled to work. Now, there's not much to, a detail that Calvin provided, so I can't give any kind of and concrete answer at this stage, but it depends on the extent of the changes, and it depends on whether maybe you've signed a contract that gives the employer the right to make changes to your duties. But assuming that the changes are significant and you haven't signed anything like that, then of course, no, you do not have to accept a completely new job to be recalled back to work. And we'll leave it at that this morning. Nicely done. Andrew Goldberg is his name, Senior Associate, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP. Reach out now. And call 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and anytime at all, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for more information as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.